Oh, without a doubt, Jakob Ingevitz. So I've got a good story. Like, I, I can break down his warm-up to a tee. Oh, it's, let's it's hear it. Yes. <laughs> what's the relationship between the two? Like, what's their dynamic like? I think uh, Craig just annoys Donovan. That sounds <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, like a little expecting. brother. Like, yeah. just annoys him, annoys him, annoys him. It's funny. I think I always appreciated running tips. I always, it's such a tough sport and there's so much inconsistency with what works for who and something I would have appreciated would be... So some of you might know him as Chuck, some might know him as Chaz, some might know him as Charles, but my guy, Charlie Hunter. What's what's your favorite um, nickname for him? I kind of like Chaz. Chaz. Well, that's, I'm not going to say what his email is, but it includes Chaz as part of the email. Yeah, so we probably should dox our no, guests. No, 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 no. Not giving away his email, but I love Chaz. That's a hype name. Charlie Hunter, we've been wanting to have him on for a while ever since. So the first time we interacted with Charlie was last, oh shoot, that was like almost a year ago. The Texas qualifier in February of 2021, we made a little sizzle reel hype reel for the men's 1500 charlie was there racing against uh, a bunch of other top-notch dudes i can't wait to do that again wink wink yeah seriously we'll be we'll be at some meets we'll be sponsoring some meets we'll be doing some hype stuff we're back in action but anyway charlie charlie uh played along with that was nice enough to submit a video for us put together that sizzle reel and ever since then has been on a tear olympian almost broke the aussie national record for the 800 meters 353 for the mile indoors. I mean, national uh, NCAA champ, beast. And we, now he's training with Donovan Brazier and Craig Ingalls in athletic club. Towards the end, uh, we, were, we were talking a bit about um, like the slang that Americans use, especially uh, I feel like younger ones. And uh, let's just say he's pretty cracked at running. You know, pretty, pretty cracked. Yeah, I'm, I'm cracked, my guy. Is that a Aussie thing? No, that's that's like what if you're playing Fortnite with a 15 year old, he's gonna be like, yeah, me and my bros are pretty. Oh, See, I didn't even Fortnite. I didn't even pick up on that. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. that's bad. I'm cracked. I'm more of a lit guy. I'm lit. There's lit. But you wouldn't say you're lit at Fortnite. No, you wouldn't say I'm cracked. Gosh, you kids, you kids and your slang words over here. The other thing, some of you serious runners, maybe less serious runners than Adam and I would appreciate, is he gives some good words of wisdom for us some good advice to yeah, up like and coming runners to the passion runners passion runners that's a weird way to say that it's like the passion of the christ but the passion <laughs> of the runners i don't even know um so that was good talking about the union athletic club naming was awesome talking and about the, the oh, brand the, itself the jacob ingabritson warm-up routine oh that's... stick around for that because he go he he patented yeah he gives the scoop end to end what the what the olympic gold medalist himself um you could say kim kardashian's brother from another mother <laughs> i mean kind of not really but you know keeping up with the kardashians uh, I mean, team Britson, you know? yeah same difference same difference anyway great he, conversation he you're gonna enjoy this one he didn't have a baby with kanye though he did not that we know of he did not did kim have a baby with kanye we don't know oh i mean i didn't i didn't see them on they maury have, they, they weren't on kids? maury confirming oh. the dna you are not <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we need a DNA you test. You never know for sure. That's <laughs> true. True. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. I'm getting my kid DNA tested someday. You don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, it would have been so funny if Jax was making food in the kitchen. Oh, fuck. She would have given an evil eye on that one. Yeah. Oh, baby. You know who else would recommend DNA testing your kids? <laughs> 
is manscaped. manscaped. <laughs> they did not know. They would not approve of that message. I don't even know if they listened to if our you've podcast. Ever, speaking but. of Kim Kardashian, if you've ever seen her best video on the internet, <laughs> you'll know that, that she would have been the, a fan of Manscaped. All the top stars in the world, in that world, are big fans of Manscaped. And I think the viewers are too. The viewers are too. Look, it's it's just a self-confidence thing more than anything. You look good, feel good, self-confidence. You know, you're, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for others. Self-care is the most important thing. And if you have good self-care, if you love yourself, then others can love you. So... You know, big, that's that's big what I words think about. from Chris Robertson. I did words of wisdom in the intro. That's a, that one's for free. Shit, <laughs> uh, check out manscaped.com. Use our code beer mile. Look, I even I'm still still a virgin. Well, I was until I had manscaped. Fuck it. How ain't going? In. Oh god. Um, I am still the biggest fanboy of the boxers because oh they the boxers fuck they're like with the 20 percent off code with free shipping i'm up to they're, f- they're less than 15 bucks they are perfect for under your like half tights for running i'm up to three out of five pairs in uh, the rotation so, yeah, or just yeah. yeah i i think i might have even have four pairs now i just it's, i just buy them with un- our code i'm like i'm gonna get unbeatable. myself another pair of boxers yeah. so even if you're just going for that well worth it the deodorant the body wash smells great the cologne smells great uh, and then if you really want to go all in, you know, you get the lawnmower 4.0, Dude, which, they, you know, what, you know, what, man, this is, uh, our segment of the show that is kind of reoccurring product advice, marketing advice. They really need like a D's nuts joke. Ooh, I mean, like how, what, what, give me, give me the context that you'd put this, you in. know, D's nuts. Of course like, I know D's nuts. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the other day, oh, what's a good one I've heard. Oh yeah, like my my head hurts. I'm really I've been kind of confused lately. My my thoughts are I'm getting interrupting thoughts, and I think I have like the mind goblin, you know, mind goblin these nuts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so something something like that. So they need the full like with the punchline. Yeah, they need saying. they need a D's nuts. I was just picturing joke. them putting out an ad, and it's just like someone saying these nuts after okay or literally okay. have the guy from who did that vine oh he would be an awesome that would be hilarious that, for, free more free marketing advice we do way too much consultant work for free on this podcast we actually do yeah yeah you're welcome all the what's her what's her hourly rate <laughs> yeah uh i don't know it depends depends on the brand depends on the product depends on depends how on. much i don't want to do it yeah, it's true. If I really don't want to do it, it's a really expensive rate. Yeah. If I want to do it, that's free advice. So yeah. here you go. Manscaped.com. Beer mile, all one word. 20% off free shipping. You can't go wrong. You'll you'll love everything about it. You know what we were talking about before we started recording was this the Zoom call. Yeah. With, uh, with Chaz here. We started at 5 p.m. local time. 503 technically 503 because i was late Uh, was this is this the first time we've ever been late to one of our own zooms i think so we were like three minutes late sorry chaz i owe you three minutes anytime he's a good uh he was a good sport about it he was a good sport really he adjusted the time a little bit for us or multiple times pushed it later so thank you but how many hours today were you on zoom calls so it is a weekday we had work work until 5 p.m today was how many hours were you on zoom today today was actually pretty light i think um including this or not including this including this oh well including add another hour on including the, this some. 
six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like seven. Well, okay. Well, I, Zoom plus Teams calls. Ah, yeah, yeah. Video <laughs> we're, calls. We're one of those calls. weird mix and match companies where oh, we use both, you know? Dumb, yeah. Dumb. But yeah, it's like seven hours of calls, you know, yeah. just sitting in front of a computer. It, it is funny, like, oh God, especially remember early days of um, Zoom calls with your family during COVID, like yep. COVID quarantine. Um, then I was probably rocking like 10 a day between oh. work, the podcast, and all those like little calls. Like, hey, let's like play a drinking game on Zoom. It's like, um, no, please, no. <laughs> I just, and actually, these Zooms are, these Zooms, oh God, like if if work zooms were like a five out of 10 in terms of like from one to 10 work zooms a five. Where is, where is this in terms of fun? Oh, a, a podcast zoom. Yeah. Oh, it like a nine or a 10. Yeah. It was something I was actually looking forward to today. Cause today was like yeah. super busy. It sucked. And I was just like, Oh my God, I just need to make it till five. And then we're just going to be chatting. It's, it also, up. it's going to be fun. It's kind of, um, we do a lot of video on, which all I actually, of ours is video which, on, which I am a fan of for the most part. But sometimes it can get pretty tiring. Oh, it's very tiring. It definitely—it's uh, there's a lot of science that talks about that too. Like I mean, I'm sure that you, you're you're paying some sort of attention to like how you present yourself. Like exactly. Obviously, if I'm if I'm Zoom like video off, I'm like there's extra energy and, to like worrying about yeah. your presentation and how yeah. you're whatever. Uh, but I feel like it's also day. way more. Um, you can you can read faces so much better and i feel like oh, the, I, the I think it's more that, productive with yes, video. yes yeah. yeah just more tiring plus way better to interview with video yeah i think we've only had a few that weren't video oh yeah maybe one or two no we've never had one that's not video hmm. i think yeah, you're probably everyone right. turns over you know you you know our history better than i do i mean we've got got the video version gotta have video <laughs> gotta have video, on gotta the video have version. all right all right all right well that's enough work talk enough talk and shop for the day now let's talk uh, bing bong, bingity bangity, you know? That What a transition. Yeah, what a transition. All what right. A transition. Here's our boy Chuck Chaz Charles the Third Hunter from Melbourne, uh, Australia. These nuts. You're in California. Where at exactly? I'm in San Luis Obispo. Okay. Oh, okay. So nice, nice. So, so you're not joining the Scottsdale crew of, I, and I don't know if that'll even happen again this year, but that the whole Scottsdale meetup of Tin Man and I guess oh, Bowerman does Flagstaff. Everyone was there, yeah. Everyone, yeah, like everyone was there. So no, mm-hmm. no, no, no Flagstaff this year for you or Scottsdale. Well, I just got back from Flagstaff, but that was just me, and okay, now the whole okay. squad is based out of here, and we'll be here for about another month. Okay. What yeah. elevation is slow at? I don't think it's any. It's just warm yeah. weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just getting some warm weather in because we're going to start to hit the track now. So it's just, I think Donovan's pretty soft. So he likes the warm weather. <laughs> 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 it needs to be warm. <laughs> it's nice. So, so is Donovan like, so there's Galen Rupp certified for Galen only runs courses that are like perfect. Is there Donovan Brazier certified training camps? Yeah, pretty much. It, it just needs a treadmill and some warm weather, pretty much, and like lots of lots of ice. I've never seen someone ice so much in my life. Really, he, he's always recovering. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so you mentioned treadmill. How often does he run on the treadmill? 
And are you, do you run the treadmill too? Is that like part of the training plan or? Ever, it's, it's personal preference. Um, okay. Like I, I actually quite enjoy treadmill running, for like short doubles, but I can't do anything over 45 minutes. Um, yeah. so I do mine, my easy runs on the trails, but if I have a treadmill, I'll probably do a, a double there. But, um, yeah, Donovan, Donovan has very low mileage, so he just likes good surface and it's perfect for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's why he has so much time to recover because he he's running less than you. So he's just, he's just chilling he's out, just up. recovering yeah. all the time. <laughs> he's always working. Always, working. <laughs> always fresh. <laughs> so what, what's it been like so far? I mean, I know you haven't trained with him a ton yet, but what's the, what's the vibe like so far with him and uh, Craig Ingalls? It's a great, it's a great mixture. Um, that was honestly one of the driving forces of why I wanted to join this group was because you know, how often do you get the opportunity to train with a world champion mm-hmm. and like a personality like Craig Ingalls? Um, and at the time, Eric, Jen- Eric Jenkins was here. And I just thought they had a, a great dynamic going. I loved how light and easy they had it. Um, it seemed like a really good fit for me. That's something that I think I really value. Um, when I was at Oregon, like Cooper Tier, Reed Brown, a lot of the guys did the same thing. They were very lighthearted and they just had fun with it. And that's probably something I uh, need to work on. And it, it really helps having guys like that around that are always joking and always get the work done, but are always, you know, happy to have a laugh and talk and, and stuff. And and these guys really replicate that well. So it's a, they're a good bunch, bunch of blokes and it's going really well so far. Was that uh, like one of, if not the leading factor when you're looking at sponsorships and groups to join? Was that like the camaraderie or, or was it obviously just like first pay? What was kind of your thinking going into that? Financial financially was my lowest preference. And okay. that probably wasn't the best thing. Like I, <laughs> people kept saying, did to me, Nike like, lowball not- you? Can we say right here? Did <laughs> Nike lowball you? <laughs> no, it, no. I, uh, I picked Nike based off of what I, what, what I valued very highly. Uh, but yeah, financially that wasn't a driving force for me. Uh, it never was, um, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to make more money outside of track and field. But for me, I see it as this is a short window of opportunity where I can do something pretty cool, pretty special. It's always been a dream of mine to be a professional runner. And if I was going to do that, I wanted to be where I was happy and where I think I could have grown and thrived the best, the, the best. So for me, that was, yeah, having great training partners, a good coach and somewhere that I was happy. And, um, I just felt like this dynamic was really fit the mold and just comparatively, I think it was, it was the best fit for me. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, any other considerations that you're able to share? Like, were you, were you looking at any other brands? Were you looking at other teams? Um, or did you kind of even going into the negotiation process, like know what you were looking for? I like, I had always kind of known about this group and I was somewhat introduced to it kind of early on. And, um, Obviously, if you're a runner, especially at Oregon, you're probably going to idolize Nike and and uh, and these professional groups. So it was always on my radar. But yeah, I I entertained all all other brands, all other groups that were kind of extended my way. But to be honest, this was the one that was most enticing and the one that was most uh, active in trying to recruit me. And I think I really appreciated that. Um, so it kind of made my decision pretty easy, uh, just because this was probably my first preference and they were the one that put the most effort into, to come in and get me. So yeah, it was, it was nice. pretty easy for me. It, it does actually seem really good. 
even though the guys team is, you know, relatively small now, but like you have Donovan, who's like top end speed, like he's going to push you on the speed stuff. And then you have Craig, who's more, more of the strength stuff who can kind of keep you honest on the, the other way. And so, and I think you would, would you say that you're more of a miler than a 800 guy as well? So you kind of like fall right in the middle of their two strengths to some extent, you can kind of like play off both of them. Is that what you're finding out as well as you have started to train with them? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, when it comes to the strength, that's something I always need to work on. And I'm obviously pretty, pretty decent at it, but, um, yeah, I'm exactly right. I'm that middle ground of, I have pretty good turnover, but I'm not amazing on that strength side, but, uh, comparatively, if I'm running the eight, yeah, I'll, I'll be pretty, pretty, like I'll tear Donovan up in anything over a mile for sure. But <laughs> when it comes to speed, Donovan is just an absolute thoroughbred. Like yeah. you see the guy walking around and he looks like a loaded spring. He's just, he's a, he's a greyhound. He's, he's unreal <laughs> to like watch run. And so when it comes to that speed, I've got so much to learn from him and I'm really looking forward to that. And then on the, the other side, of, I've got Craig, who's, you know, pretty well similar to me, uh, same mileage, um, kind of same strength, but he's definitely, I think, stronger. Uh, so I can definitely piggyback off him. But yeah, when we meet in that middle ground, it's it's pretty well perfect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working hard to run with these guys and I, and I hope I'm pushing them too. So it's a, it's a pretty sweet dynamic at the moment. We, I think we just need one or two more people to help lead a rep. But other than that, um, it's a great setup. Do you guys have anyone in mind or do you know, is Pete looking for some other guy to hop in? I think, uh, I think we definitely are, but at the same time, we're not going to lower our standards to bring anyone Just to get someone. Yeah. Uh, I think Pete's made it pretty clear that he only wants people on this, this group that are going to be contenders on the international stage. And, um, uh, yeah, so really it's up to him, but, um, I think we've got one or two people, uh, that we're looking at, um, but it's, it's kind of up to them and the timing of, uh, yeah. if they want to make the, the jump over. Yeah. So, so Cole and Coop, they did just, they weren't qualified to be on the team. That's where, <laughs> yeah. that's where we're Not leaving it. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, uh, Pete's a pretty low profile guy. What, uh, what's kind of like your, your honest feedback, your, your first takes on, on being coached by him. Yeah, Pete's Pete's an enigma. Like he, I really didn't know much about him. Um, obviously, like when I first kind of got introduced, it was associated with NOP, and in my mind, it was pretty much an extension of NOP. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize the extent he, the role he played in that chapter. Um, and he was there from the beginning, really. But it was just you know that second branch. Um, so. It's, it's interesting learning more about him and his coaching philosophies and, and how he approaches the day-to-day. Uh, but he's an incredibly motivational coach, I find. Um, you know, we've had a few workouts together and he really has some cool insights and it might just be like, um, if, if, if a gap's forming, he'll be like, you know, bridge that gap, chariot won't let, chariot, chariot will eat your lunch if you open up a gap like that or like he'll say, you know, Galen Rupp used to do that in a workout and like we worked on that. So like these cool little insights into like how mm-hmm. um, he used to train with Galen Rupp or, or Mo Farah or Centra or whatever. Like I find that really interesting. So um, I like the fact that I'm kind of like following in their footsteps a little and following a similar path. So that's really interesting, but it's really reassuring to me knowing that 
he's been there and done that. Like not many coaches can say they've they've been around a, an Olympic champion or or world record holder or anything. So he's he's already done it. He's experienced and he's confident. And so far, he's he's really teaching me a lot, which I like. So yeah. How does that? You mentioned a little earlier, just like your mindset uh, benefiting from being around people who kind of like to. Uh, you know, obviously work when they, when they need to work, but also have a laugh. Um, how does that mesh with, with Pete? Yeah, <laughs> I think Pete's kind of like me. He's, he's pretty serious too, but when you got like these idiots on the team that just like <laughs> are so lighthearted, it's so funny and you know, they're, they're so, it's so good for the team environment and the culture. Um, so yeah, he, he laughs along with it, but he's definitely like me. He's pretty like pretty serious, monotonal. Like he just wants to get the work done. I feel, but yeah, no. He's, what did he? What did he I remember when we saw him at uh, Texas qualifier. What did he say to Coco? Oh, or was it Coco's boyfriend? Remember. Oh, Coco's boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> it's he, like she, you guys he, get to hang out tonight. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. That. He was, after Coco <laughs> got the 10k record at the Texas qualifier meet. <laughs> right. um, yeah, he he like her boyfriend came over and Pete was like. He was, I don't know, trying to hug her or something. And it's like, no, like Coco has to go cool down to her workout. Like you'll get to hang out with her later. Like celebrate with her later. Like basically just don't talk to her. Like leave her alone. She's got work to do. Get out of here. Good sport. Good sport. Yeah, it's all business here. All business. Um, I was curious with, so Craig says pretty publicly, famously, I, I don't know if famously is the right word, but he, he will say that he doesn't even like running. He only does it because he's good at it blah, blah, blah. He just likes to compete. Okay. So now as someone who's run with him a bit, like obviously he has to train really hard and take it super seriously when he's actually training. Otherwise he wouldn't be at the caliber he is. So is that the impression that you're getting as well from him that he doesn't actually like running? He just does it because he's good at it. Uh, no, no, he, he, he enjoys it. I think he likes the people that he meets. Um, he's a really unique guy and I, in that he, he loves like one-on-one -on -one conversations and meeting new people. And like, like this morning we went, we found a new trail and it was, we, we parked at some just regular car park where all these hiking trails are. And he was just chatting up people in the car park. He's just, I think he just loves <laughs> meeting can, new people. And you can tell that he's like super into the, he's always into the conversation. Yeah. He's, he's like such an active I just listener. Can't, I just you can't can... imagine being that extroverted. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not there, you <laughs> know, like that's, that's too much, but that's cool. I mean, that's awesome that he's that yeah. way. I think he loves meeting people and he, I'm sure he is talented, but that's not to take anything away from his work ethic, you know, like he, he's doing the yeah. same thing as me and I'm working hard. He, uh, he might do it a little differently, but he's putting the time and effort in. And I think you can't be competing and training on the level we are if you're not loving it um, because right. like it's hard work. We're putting in a lot of time and effort and, and he's doing it. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. There are moments of course, when we all like fucking hate running, like you yeah, don't want to wake up and do a 10 mile run, but of course that, that's just par for the course. I think that's just normal, but nah, he, I'm sure he does love it. For sure. Now, now that you're officially professional, do you think it's like easier to stay motivated? Like, has it felt at times like more of a job, quote unquote, like, ha or does it feel the exact same as it did in your last year at Oregon? Um, it's, uh, it's a little different in the sense that it's not as regimented. Um, you know, we had, we had it down to a T at Oregon. Um, you know, Ben's kind of like a drill sergeant, you know, it's like, we get a weekly log on Sunday night and it's, meet here at this time 
uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it just jots it down to every minute pretty much. So you know exactly what you're doing and how you're supposed to do it. And obviously in the pro-life, it's a little differently. So I'm just trying to adjust to that and find my own routine. But really, it's the motivation's there. But obviously, it's probably a little bit harder if you don't have that routine. But uh, that's more um, yeah, intrinsically found, I think, the, that personal motivation. So slightly different, but no, nah, it's it's cool. It's the same thing, honestly, really. Yeah. <laughs> same, brand, yeah. same, same training, really. So, yeah. <laughs> And uh, how long did the entire process take end to end? So like the, when you started, I don't know, whatever, started the search to go pro or work, started working with an agent to start negotiating deals, whatever, like how long ago was that? And how long did that process take to go pro? And the main like thing that I would, I'm curious about from like my viewpoint was it was interesting how like you, Cole and Cooper kind of all went pro at different times. I would have thought it would have been more, um, like you all together collectively were like, all right, like we're all done. Like we either all done or we're all staying, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but then it kind of like rolled off one at a time with Cole first. So I, yeah, I just wondering if part of that was like the timing of just how long it takes to negotiate contracts and everything that goes into that. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't play it that way. I don't think. Um, (laughs) yeah. When you've got high caliber U S athletes like Coop and Cole, I think, um, brands will move mountains to, to secure you. Um, so those guys, I think were kind of set in stone fairly early on. Um, Coop obviously was just sitting on it. Um, mm, okay. and that was his personal preference. But with me, it's a little different cause I go through Nike Australia. Um, okay, yeah. so I, mine was a very slow process, but we got there. Uh, but yeah, it was, I was just waiting until it was all finalized, but from from day dot to where we ended up, um, geez, it took a while. It took a long time. Um, I, I guess, uh, you could, you could go back to 2020, 2020 indoors. I think, you know, I had a pretty good year. Yeah. Um, and at that point I had already kind of reached out to an agent and was just like, Hey, you know, I'm just trying to learn about this system and this is where I want to end up. Can you help me out? So if you want to take it from there, that that's probably when it started. And then obviously COVID hit and, and we're, where we are, where we at now. But, um, you know, honestly, if, if COVID hadn't hit, I probably would have made the transition, uh, the outdoor of 2020 just because okay. I was already trending that way. Um, I think I had technically run the fastest indoor mile, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was already kind of at that level and, and I was already kind of, hoping to uh make that transition because you know at that point i was 24 at college and i'd pretty much finished up my academics and i was i was ready to move on but just with how how the season and and the pandemic happened it was just best for me to keep rolling with it but it is a very long process and it's very frustrating because it's kind of out of your control all you can do is just run hard and and hope that they you know come to the table but it just took a while. It took a long time for me, which was pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there like something specific about Nike Australia separate that makes it that much more con- confusing or convoluted or whatever? Because I know that was what, uh, right. Or sorry, uh, Jen Gregson was telling us as well a while back when we had her on was just how, 
I don't know. I don't remember what she said exactly different. about it, but yeah, she was just like, it, it's like a, it's a whole different world basically negotiating that in Australia versus if you were anywhere else, if she was a U.S. citizen or competing for the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not my world. I don't I don't know too much about it, but my understanding is Australia just doesn't do many contracts. <laughs> I think there's only about Fair enough. five or six Aussie Nike athletes. So just that basic contract how it works i just don't think they're too familiar with how it works um so i'm pretty sure nike usa sent over our contracts to australia okay. they didn't even have it they don't even know how to write it up i think got so it. got it um yeah <laughs> it's just funny yeah, you think of like nike global company you just think nike is nike but yeah then nike breaks down into all their different countries that they operate in and everything else it's just i don't know it's funny that even a company that successful and big is like still kind of unorganized behind the scenes to some extent, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. I don't know. I don't know yeah, the full extent yeah. of it, uh, but it, it, it was frustrating why it took so long. Cause it was, I was scratching my head, but anyway, yeah, I, if, I feel like, especially as like for something that's so cut and dry, like running where it's like, Hey, I've run these times. Uh, yeah. Like where, I, I'm, I'm clearly fast enough. Right. I'm clearly going to make a world team or whatever. Right, you know, I'm right. at the best in my country. Like, obviously I deserve this contract, but what's just um, making it happen. What's one of the dumbest things you've bought now that you're a pro athlete? I guess you could say a car, but I needed that. So. <laughs> oh, you're a, yeah. You're, That's a probably that. you're a Tesla I a, guy. I got a Tesla, which I love. It's so sick, but definitely don't well, I need it. I need it. yeah did, did you <laughs> did you drive it down to oh yeah because you were in flagstaff before so have you been driving it around yeah like yeah, road exactly. trip it? oh hell yeah okay yeah yeah so i my girlfriend was out here so um we did a road trip up to flagstaff and spent about three weeks up there over christmas and then then i drove it down here to, awesome. to camp and yeah it's sick because i'm getting some good use out of it and the primary reason why like I went a little extravagant on the car was because I was going to do some driving and I wanted something comfy and safe and, yeah. and, and all that. And this is great for that. So yeah. Yeah. And really you can cool. take a nap while you're driving. And <laughs> just say, what, a great, what a great car. I feel like I should just exit, it, exit the podcast now so that you two can talk about it, your Teslas uh, and I'm, I'll just, it will yell at you. If you're, well, actually, will, I don't know if it'll yell at you if you're asleep. Well, pro- it, it probably. yells at me when I text and drive. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 I definitely don't trust autopilot. Dude, like, I, I, yeah, I've, I've the public beta and I, I, that thing's almost killed me a few times. Yeah. yeah. And just, well, especially like in a city setting too, yeah. where there's so many on variables the, of on the highway. Sure. Maybe yeah. not like up a mountain or downtown Chicago. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. It's pretty dodgy. <laughs> they got some things to work out on that. <laughs> I mean, it, it has gotten a lot better from when I first got it downtown to like, I think I, I let it drive later in the evening when there was there's was less traffic uh and i felt like my life was less in danger yeah <laughs> the uh when we were driving up to flagstaff there was this gnarly like snowstorm freak storm and i had only just bought the car it's probably a week in and we were going along this stretch of road that was so icy um and it was single lane traffic and we were going like 25 mile an hour and we were sitting on this like two hours and I was like fuck this like this is so boring I can't just like it was exhausting so I was like oh, I'll just turn cruise control on mm-hmm. and I go to turn cruise control on and I didn't realize that when you do that it automatically goes to the speed limit so we're going 20 miles an hour and I didn't realize oh, we're on shit. a freeway so it goes immediately goes to like tries to go to 60 mile an hour yeah. 
and <laughs> like nearly went straight in front of like a 16 wheeler. It was terrifying. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the setting is, but mine is so aggressive off the light. I'm like, dude, we, <laughs> we like chill. don't, I'm, I'm like spilling shit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely um, like a lot of bugs you got to sort out in that car. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, I heard somebody say, uh, they're like, yeah, autopilot's cool. The car is cool, but it's not like wife approved. Um, it's like, that's a good way to put it. Like I would never yeah. let it drive children around or anything like that. Yeah. So your car wasn't the one that got stolen. There was that, we got a notice oh, yeah, today I that a that. car got stolen. We live in that condo building and we have a garage with a garage attendant and apparently someone stole someone's car out of the garage. Do you know what type of car it was? No, I was don't. I was just, car? I was just wondering if it was yours. No, <laughs> they didn't say what it was. I read that and was like, fuck. It's like, is a Tesla easy to steal? I don't know. You can just open it with an app. So oh, if you I mean, steal the, your phone. You put the card in there. Right? Yeah. Or the card. Right. Yeah. I'm still trying to work out the key too. Dude, the key's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I, the lock or I have the walkaway lock that turns on and the garage attendant always yells at me because I'm like a dumbass and forget to disable it. Oh, so they can't I gotta work that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work that out. It's funny, it's funny that they have all these um like when you get it, you're supposed to listen to all this uh how to tutorial stuff and I was like, nah, I'm mean, just I'm just gonna yeah. drive away. <laughs> yeah, I think of I was the same. Yeah. Um yeah. I have a I have a really random question. What's your obsession with um, cereal? Cereal? Yeah, I I've got a huge sweet tooth. Okay, um, nice. and it just started like I'm I'm always fascinated with the cereal aisles in America because they're so sick. I yeah. like the cereals to me is like the highlight, and um, it just started like one year. Like I was <laughs> I think one year I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna try every single cereal. And then I realized that you guys have like seasonal cereals too. So yeah. I just like, it's always changing. Yeah. I just like, I do the basics. I just started one day. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this, put it on my story. And it's just, it's kind of cool. I like the folder. I always look through it. You need a, you need an app that like tracks your kind of like a beer. Or it's like untapped yeah. for, but for <laughs> <Yeah>. cereals. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I love have, the cereal. So have sick. you gone to like Aldi or I guess, Maybe Walmart would have like the off-brand ones where it's <laughs> I've not got some like, right now. Oh yeah, some off-brand or some giant bags that's like a <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 See that, but that, that's the problem with doing every cereal is because then yeah, if, are you, do you count? An so if you do, if you do Lucky Charms, do you have to get all the private label what, marshmallow too? stars? I marshmallow maybes, <laughs> marshmallow <laughs> stars. It depends on like what. Yeah, what grocery store you're in. So I think I don't I'm know just where you stick stop. with like the name brand. Name yeah, brands. Just, yeah, I just want name brand. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the favorite then? Uh Oreos. Okay. Or s'mores. All right. Um, yeah. and maybe I think I tried uh Fruit Loops with marshmallows. They were pretty good. With my, I don't think I've ever had it with I could see that being really good. They were okay. extravagant. Yeah, yeah, so you like the sweet, sweet stuff. Okay. So sweet, 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 yeah. Good. So in Australia, what's the what's the cereal landscape? The wheat mix like? or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> That's pretty, what uh, Ryan was eating while he was talking yeah, to us. He's just like eating a bowl of wheat mix. Yeah. <laughs> pretty basic back home. I think that's why I like it over here so much. Um, yeah, wheat mix, Nutri-Grain, Cocoa Pops, Fruit Loops. But even your Fruit Loops are sweeter. It's weird. Oh, that's, that's like how they put um, traditional like Mexican sugar in uh, Mexican Coca Cola. Like, yeah. like oh, the, like the, the, the sugar, sugar is different. Yeah, yeah the, the sugar is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Better. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I yeah, I haven't had. I don't know. I I, I need to get back on the cereal grind. That was my thing growing up. I feel like once you get past the ripe age of twenty three, you're like an oatmeal guy. 
if you're <laughs> if you're smart, if you're if you're healthy. I think that cereal is so addicting. It's like it, once you start having it all the time, then you just got to have it all the time. Okay, yeah. is it is it like a is it a breakfast thing or is it more like a snack like treat thing in the afternoon? How do you consume it? Definitely a snack. Um, okay, big snack. Like I definitely couldn't have that before a run. Yeah. Um, but I also don't have that anymore. Like I, I can do that in the off season, but I, I can't do it on the, like when I'm in season, cause I just go crazy with it. Okay. Okay. So mm. you, yeah, you, you binge a little bit certain times. Of yeah. Year. It's a snack. <laughs> yeah. That's like Oreos with me. Like Oreos are my favorite cookie. Is that what you'd call it? A cookie? Yeah. Yeah. You could call yeah. it a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. They're my favorite cookie, but I, I can't buy them. Cause like if I open it, I will finish the packet. That's the problem with things. That. That's the problem with things that are sold in like a sleeve. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna finish this sleeve. I, I know. It, mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my logic, and I always get made fun of for this by my <laughs> wife. But like whenever, so whenever I have junk junk food in the house or like any of that stuff, Oreos, even like a sugary cereal, mm-hmm. my logic is okay. I'm just gonna binge it and eat it all like today. So that way then I, then starting tomorrow and the next day, like I have to be healthy cause there's none left yeah. versus she's like, well, why don't you just like space it out? So you just have a little bit every day for five days. And I'm like, no, no, no. If I just kill it all today, Dude, then I'll like, have to eat healthy for the next four days. Cause there's none left. She doesn't get it. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite like all in. You're not quite like an alcoholic. I don't know what, I don't know what that is. Like what logic is that? I don't know something about because I because I know that I want more. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's like I know that I want the whole carton of ice cream. So I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> and then I'm going to like feel bad about it. And probably my stomach's going to feel bad about it the next day. So then it's a lot easier to also like so you'd rather stay con- away from you'd it. You'd rather the consolidate day. the suffering. Is consolidate the enjoyment and the suffering. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Both of, both of those things. What's, um, what's your biggest like in season if you're going to have a day that you either go hard in the, in the snacks or treats. What's your biggest like cheat day? Uh, I, I used to do like a good, like one cheat day and I, I tried to be as good as I can throughout the day, throughout the week and then have one cheat day. And for me, that was, I'd go to mod pizza, get a pizza, oh. get, go to Seven Eleven around the corner, get one of those big, like liter Pepsi's yes. and <laughs> just go hard. That was me. And I'd also get like a little cookie or something. Um, but now, like, I got to get into a better routine. I feel like I'm snacking too much here. But mm. for me, like, I, I like to have donuts. I'll probably go down to, like, you, you have, like, donut shops here, which yeah. is kind of cool. So I'll go get a donut or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what, what, uh, are you just trying local places usually when you get donuts? Or are you, like, a Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme? I, I don't know where, what donut stores you've had around you in your time in the U.S.? Uh, Donovan just got, um, a big box of, I think they're called Sundance, which is just one of those like little oh right mom and dad kind of like donut shops. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was good. I like that one. Um, not a big fan of Duncan just went there. Um, uh, I think they're pretty average donuts, uh, whole foods. They do pretty good donuts. Yeah, they do. Whole they foods do. like, uh, their hot bar slaps. Too. They have good quality on all their, God, we probably, all their stuff. Probably spent way too much money at Whole Foods. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> Grocery store is always cheaper than going to like a restaurant or takeout. Yeah, that's fair. So that's you know. fair. Uh, so we we want to know, but we also had uh, one of the listener questions was, uh, what do you think of the Union Athletic Club name? Hey, it's good. Uh, it's we we're actually still trying to figure that out. Like what the the team mission statement is, what our pillars are, like what we're founded on. Um, so it's still, it's still an evolving brand. Um, 
And I think, you know, we had a meeting with some Nike executives yesterday about, you know, how we're going to shape the brand and what it's going to, where we want to lead the, the, the team to be. And I think what kept on coming up, which I thought was really unique, is that this is a unique situation. How often do you get to see a new Nike team? And it's totally, uh, you know, unrestricted, can be whatever we want. Um, so I'm very optimistic with where it can where it can go. I think everyone on the team is like-minded. It's a, it's a high-achieving group. It's not going to be just lane fillers. Um, so I'm excited for that. But... The name, uh, I'm impartial. It's just a name for me, but I think it's kind of cool. Union. So you're, you're more like bullish behind what the brand of the of the club itself is going to be. Yeah, I'm not too caught up over the individual name. I think it's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think it's what a great if, name. What have those uh, like first conversations about the evolution of the brand been like? Like any insight you can share? Main deciding factors of like you know those initial conversations of where you want the brand to go. What's what's mm. come up a bit? Yeah, it's been a collective conversation. Um, it's a team agreement on what we want. Um, and obviously, it's very preliminary. Uh, we've only just started to, as a team, come together and talk about it. But I think uh, what keeps coming up is um, contenders. Like, we want to be, com- we want to compete no matter what the stage is. We want to be, we want to be leaders in the community. Uh, we want to be approachable so mm-hmm. that people growing up or coming up through the ranks, won't be afraid to come and talk to us and, and that we're happy to offer our insights back to them. I know I, I really appreciated whatever, whatever information I got when I was young. Um, and, and, but at the heart of it, this is a team that wants excellence. I think, you know, none of us are here happy or complacent with just making a team. I think we want to be contenders on that international level. I think we want to set records. Um, it's, it's going to be a team that, you know, sets the benchmark much like NOP was. Um, yeah. How's, how's the, uh, like, what's the actual process for that? Like, do they have, um, specific workflows that they kind of put you guys in to brainstorm or is it just more like, what, what are you looking in terms of process for that? Um, yeah, as I said, very preliminary, but, um, you know, we've got a, we've got a team behind us that's working on all kinds of facets behind, behind the business. But uh, I think it's great that the athletes themselves are establishing what the brand is going to kind of become, um, you know, what our foundations are. Um, so for instance, the other night we had a team meeting and we just sat down and wrote pretty much buzzwords of what our mission statement is, what our, what our pillars might be. And that might be, uh, um, uh, I think what was mine? Mine was like tenacious. We want to be, we want to be leaders. We want to create a sense of family. We want to a variety of different words, but yeah, well now, now that we have a quite a large list of kind of what our goals are, what our ambitions are, we're going to kind of summarize them and pretend, and hopefully come up with uh, probably four or five pillars of our, of our brand and, and kind of use that as the foundation as to where we go forward. And that'll probably be reflected in our, in our merchandise and, and how we conduct ourselves as athletes. Yeah. I just, I'm excited to see what comes out of it from like, yeah, uniforms, logos, designs, uh, hype trailer, marketing ads, like all sorts of stuff. Cause that's, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't that, that's the part that's been 
as a, as a viewer and fan of the sport, um, it's there's like not that much that came out. Like the name was announced, right? But there's not been like this the whole message hasn't been put together yet, as you're saying. And so it hasn't been, I was just waiting. I was like, all right, they're going to drop the name. There's going to be this hype ass like trailer. They're going to go through all this stuff. But then I don't know, you're, you're making us wait for a little bit longer here. So it's, it's a little bit of a tease. Do you think Mm -hmm. the slow play is on purpose, like for getting the right message as far as what the brand is about and then dropping the hype? I feel like that's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now we want to be, I think we want to be very careful about what we put out there because whatever it is, it's going to be associated with us. And we just want to make sure that what we do put out there is aligned with what we all truly want and is the right message we want. Um, yeah. So no, we're excited for that. And I think another kind of, uh, good key direction we want to take is transparency. And I know one of the girls mentioned the other day, uh, you know, we want to, we want to try and set the foundation of, all right, be open with the community about where we're going to be. And we're going to say, all right, we're setting up a meet here on February 15th and who's going to race us. You know, who's like, this is where we'll be. You show up and race against us. And I think that'll be great for the sport itself. If yeah, that's a healthy direction out there for other people Mm -hmm. to, you know, come rock up and see who's the best on the day. I think that's great for the sport and for the, the team image. So that's a that's a cool new idea. I think that we might be kind of taking on. Yeah, I, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. If think, you if you were to put, especially if you like put out just like a direct challenge, that would be just I don't know. Fun. Oh yeah, blow up for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about like going way back to you starting and running, and you. Um, I don't know. I, I always find it so interesting that the us i guess because of our ncaa system that you know international folks like know about the ncaa system want to come there like that's like a known path to getting a scholarship to get college for free and then going like and hopefully beyond going pro and like for all these different countries that's a thing and i just like i don't know as a person in the us you know we that's not something that we ever thought about was like going to college in another country. I guess some people do, but not many people, That's but good point. it's just like a weird thing. And I'm almost like, God, we don't deserve it. Like the U S be back, right? Like why, why do we deserve all these good people coming to us and like living in our country, training in our country? It's, it's awesome. But yeah, curious to hear about your, your uh, upbringing and running and like when you, realize you were pre- you were pre- pretty good at a young age like when you re- started to realize you were pretty good at it like when you started thinking about oh I might go to the US and run D1 and and how that all came about mm. yeah um ooh. you know th- this is a a topic that I I think I really need to formulate my answer because it always gets brought up but I never do it justice um you know just long story short I I had a pretty intense training upbringing when I was quite young, um, I come from a very good family background and, um, I was always very motivated and driven and probably from, uh, you know, like kindergarten through whatever, um, I was always kind of known as the runner. I, I was always very athletic. Um, but I, at the same time, I would, I'd play rugby. I'd play a bit of tennis I'd surf, I'd swim, whatever. Um, no particular fixation on track and field. Um, and then, when I got to probably about uh, junior school, so that's like year six, my grandfather started to coach me because there was obviously a bit more promise there with running. I was, I was just naturally a bit more gifted in running um, and I seemed to take to it pretty well. And he, he kind of guided me and introduced me to 
just very basic running training and it just slowly progressed to where I'd make the state level and then I'd maybe medal at the state level and then I'd make it to the next level and medal at the next level, whatever. And it just, as I said, every year it just progressed, but I was someone that was so uh, driven and like probably to my detriment, I was way too focused and intense with my training um, that then meant I found a natural running coach and I had a cool little group at that time. And, but I just, I just trained so bloody hard. Like <laughs> I'll put my hand on my heart right now and tell you that the hardest I've ever trained was when I was in middle school to senior school. Oh, and wow. that's without a okay. shadow of a doubt, the hardest I've ever trained. And that's not a compliment to me. That's just, I trained so bloody hard. It was terrible. Um, yeah. so I probably had, uh, I, I had good results based off of that. Um, I had won the Australian under 20, 1500 meter championship. Mm-hmm. I had won pretty much all the state cross country championships. I'd, I think I came third at the nationals in cross. I qualified for the world cross country. Um, but at the time I, I wasn't, I was probably a consistent guy on the top level, but I was, I was never going to go pro. I was, I wasn't running super quick, but I think I just wanted it really, really bad. <laughs> right. um, and so now I'm graduating high school and I'm a good runner, but not fantastic. College was never on my radar. Um, to go to the collegiate system, what just wasn't really something many Aussies were doing at the time. And mm-hmm. it just didn't really fascinate me. Uh, so I just planned on going to university in Australia and just trying to make it there. And um I actually took a gap year and didn't do a whole lot of running at that time. And then I went to work and started going to uni back in Australia. And I joined a new squad called uh, the Melbourne Track Club. And that was my first true introduction to uh, just pure running because Mm -hmm. prior to that, I'd done a lot of cross training. Um, Pretty much I trained as a triathlete. Okay. And yeah, put it simply that I I trained like a triathlete. Uh, But this was now a full introduction into what it meant to be a professional runner. So I was running with the likes of Luke Matthews, Ryan Gregson, Jen, the cars, um, Stuart McSween, all those guys. And I had some pretty rapid results. Um, my first year properly running, I qualified for the outdoor 1500 open final. Um, I extended my season. I went to the Stumptown track classic and Portland track festival and, I ran, ended up running 341. And uh, at that point, I was like, I'd already done a year of kind of training in Australia and studying mm-hmm. in Australia. And I thought, I just, I can't keep doing this. Like, it's too hard back home. Like, <laughs> there's just no support back there. And yeah. um, it was just too hard. I just didn't really like it. And I just, I thought the collegiate system was a great balance of academics and training. That way, like, I can pretty much be sponsored as a Nike athlete if I go to Oregon and I'm still studying full-time and I'm still training full-time. So I thought it was the perfect opportunity. Um, The only problem was I only considered Oregon. I didn't apply to any other schools, uh, which is pretty dumb. Uh, But in in my mind, I just, I thought Oregon was the best. And to be fair, they were. Uh, But just for me, I, 
I loved it. It was my dream school at the time. And I only applied there and I got in. So it was perfect. It worked, so it worked out. out. <laughs> you didn't waste time uh, applying to other places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, so I applied as pretty much a mature age student. I was 21, I think, 21 or 22. Uh, so yeah, I was, and I, uh, yeah, so I, I applied to Oregon, got in. I was late to the, late to the party, but I was there and I was so stoked to be, be there. And it was an incredible opportunity. I learned so much and it was just a great, great part of my life, like living in a different country. I'd never properly lived in a different country and, you know, meeting new people, studying. And it's just the collegiate system is just life on steroids. Like mm -hmm. you're just getting so much stuff that I never got when I was back home. So it was so much to take in and it took a while, but I feel like I got my, my head around it all and how to balance life and study and running. And it just, it, I got into a perfect equilibrium you know mm -hmm. i think i i was on the dean's list by the end of, by the by the end of my time there i was running great you know i had a good group of friends and it was perfect setup yeah i was uh coming over as a 21 year old you're uh especially as somebody who grew up where the drinking age was lower than 21 how how was the adjustment like meeting all these american students who were like getting shit housed at 18 <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny um, it's definitely a different culture I've, like I've, I've never been huge into the like drinking or partying that much but it's funny there's different there's definitely a different uh perception of what you should be doing like it seems like you guys just get uh actually no i think in australia guys get way more shit faced than than Americans. That's and the I vibe I get from, you know, TikTok or whatever. Oh, God. I, 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 yeah. I feel like a lot of the funniest drinking stupid stuff TikToks oh, yeah, that I certainly. follow are all Australian yeah. accounts. I think they're hilarious. But you guys got like, maybe Coop and Rita bad influences, but like they're, those guys are insane. Like they, they went hard from, from the beginning I was there to the end. Like, uh, whatever. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So it, I guess with, with uh, the team at Oregon, was it mostly held to the end of the season? Like, did you guys have like packs for like dry, whatever, dry seasons? Or did you like, nah, just have a balance of a balance of fun during the season? That was that was all on those guys. I didn't do any of that. When I yeah, 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 yeah. I'm more like throwing <laughs> them under the bus here. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they definitely were reserved when they needed to be. Uh, yeah, but then they yeah. knew how to have fun. Um, and yeah. they always would. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always. And I was living upstairs. So yeah, I can I can attest to it. Um, yeah, no, they're great. They've got an awesome balance of it. Like they they can still have fun during the season, but they still mm -hmm. get the work done, but then they know how to how to like rip loose at the end. And they always do. Yeah. Yeah. Did so coming over having done some academics in Australia, did any of that stuff like transfer or when you got to Oregon, were you starting from scratch towards a degree? I lost a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sucks. I it figured sucked, that would be the case, but yeah. yeah that's it kind of sucked because I would have been finished, you know, uh, a fair bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I lost a lot transferring over. But <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, in the end, kind of all, all worked out eventually for, for yeah. making the pro pro career and all that, but absolutely, and, and, and I, the Dean's list. And the and Dean's exactly, list. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I keep saying to myself, like, I don't think I would have ran the times I have or made the Olympics if it all didn't unfold the way it did. Exactly. Um, so it's kind of a blessing in disguise COVID and just coming to college late. I think it all just worked out perfectly. Um, 
obviously it would have been nice to have done it a bit earlier, but I think it worked out the way it did for a reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the Olympics, on this, you were just on the Sit and Kick podcast with Colin Cooper. So I guess first of all, you know, shame on uh, shame on Josh and Dave for making you share time with them. We're going to give you the full time because we want to learn about you. Shame on them, number one. Shame on Josh because he directly asked Cole, like, oh, what was it like making the Olympics, whatever. He, like, forgot that you made the Olympics? I don't even know what, like, maybe, I don't know. I I, I wasn't obviously watching the video of it because uh, at the time the video wasn't out, but... I don't know. You like didn't even remember you were in the Olympics or something. It wasn't addressing you. I don't know. So you just mentioned the Olympics. How, <laughs> how was that experience uh, getting to represent Australia? And you made the made the second round of the 800. So good. Good for showing for guys coming out of college. Mm, yeah, no, it was it was unreal. Like I still need to kind of pinch myself that I've done that. Um, but at the same time, I think the athlete that I've become I'm, t- I'm, I'm trying to like repeatedly like burn it into my brain that I belong here, that no matter who's on the start line, I can compete against them. And I think that's like a champion mindset. That's what Donovan has. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of these top guys have. And it's, you know, you belong there. And so, yeah, it was, it was unreal to be there, but I deserved it because I, I ran the time I, I deserved to be there. Um, it was unreal to, to experience that first senior team, to to get the gear, to to be in the team at environment, um, and just to soak it up, just to meet all these top guys like Chariot and Ingebrigtsen's and whoever's there. Um, yeah. It's a very unique situation. Uh, yeah, it's not like even though the collegiate system prepares you for pretty much everything, I think the Olympics is just that next level of like, fuck, like this is this is real. Um, so yeah, it was it was unreal. Uh, so, so stoked to be there. So humbling to, to represent my country. Um, I left, I left very, uh, oh, how would you say? Just like not super pleased with my end result, Mm -hmm. but I was, I felt as though I left the track leaving nothing. I had raced, I'd ran the race to give myself the best opportunity to, to advance and run quick. It just wasn't my, my race. Um, Towards the end of the season, I think my body was kind of uh, wearing down a bit. It was yeah. it was long for me, um, so my body and mind was kind of drifting a bit. Uh, but I I raced with with heart, and you know I left no regrets. Uh, so I, I slept well that night, knowing that I'd done all I, all that I could. But it's just just racing, and hopefully now that I'm in this more uh, tailored program for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will better, it'll improve my longevity of the season just because I've always found with the collegiate system, it burns you out. It's tough. Like you race yeah. a lot, you train yeah. hard. Yeah. So I think this is a good opportunity to now actually train for what I need and um, prepare me for those later races in the season. Hmm. Yeah. I'm always surprised how well some people like do end up doing coming off Respond of the college, to, like, yeah. like Cole is a perfect example of like, how the hell did that guy race PRs for like yeah. eight months straight? That is like, nuts. that's nuts. So I, I, I can't believe it when people do it. It's like super impressive. And you had the, um, you guys had that early indoor meet where you ran 353 in the mile indoors and they were 353, 51. Then you had your like almost national record in the 800 outdoors in June. So I mean, you like just even that alone is like that's a long period of time to like have multiple, you know, good races. And I'm sure there was some downtime in between there, too. But I mean, then extending that to the Olympics, I can only imagine that that's like a really long 
season and yeah, and in college you're racing all the time too. It's not like you're not like you're just training and, you know, having a six month of training, but not racing all the time. You have to be like on your A game, like week in, week out, which is pretty, mm. pretty wild. All you, all of you Oregon guys, you did so well at that, like all season, just like, Oh, I can, I can PR every week. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> Set up uh, that, that was the a standard. high bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> A funny like little thing I was playing with myself was I wanted to keep staying on that Bowman list. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about the Bowman, but like <laughs> I was put on it. I was like, so is Coop and Cole. I want to stay on there. Another motivation, so whatever, yeah. Whatever race, like I want to like show up and stay on that list. So it was just like little things, little camaraderie between us all. I think was good that just like kept us like being hungry and competing in every single race. It was cool. For sure. On that 800, uh, were you targeting the national record on that one or did it just almost happen? Uh, the final one when I yeah, in uh, June in Port, I think it was June in Portland, maybe that outdoor 800. Yeah. 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 That was, um, yeah, that was kind of a suspenseful race because that at the time I hadn't got the Olympic standard. Um, so I wasn't qualified for the Olympics and I couldn't go home to do the trial. So I was told I need to get the standard and I need right. to be in the top 45 world ranking. And yeah, I was, right. I was pretty confident that my ranking was there, but it wasn't set in stone. So like I needed to get the time. The time. Got it. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, was, I was surprised I went that low, but, um, yeah, no, I was going after it. Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you feel like you generally respond well to pressure like that? Or is it better when you're just like ripping a, some repeat in the middle of a workout and it's just happens? Yeah. No, I think I need to work on my nerves and, um, and just that those high pressure systems, um, because I, I, I don't always perform as well as I'd like on the big stage. Um, I think I did pretty well at Tokyo given the circumstances, but, um, I know at some NCAAs I've, I've kind of underperformed because I've let nerves get the better of me, but, um, I definitely do best when it's just low key. And that's exactly what that meet was. There was no one in the race. It was just me. It was set up for me and I just got on it. And, I don't know if you guys knew, but like after NCAA outdoors, we set up a meet like three days later and it was set up for other people to get us standards and Olympic standards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, coach put me in the 800. Cause I want to have another crack. And he was like, what are you doing? You just, you just <laughs> did outdoors. Like you should be, you need to rest. I was like, no, yeah. I'm ready to go. And it was legit just two people on the race. And I ran like 145 two and yeah, that was like two or three days out after the outdoor final. So <laughs> I do best when it's just me, I think, but I need to get better at the, the big stage stuff for sure. I think to your credit, uh, your performance in Tokyo is pretty good, especially being able to go home and be satisfied with what you're able to lay out on the field. I feel like something that is often repeated by first time Olympic uh athletes are just kind of like regretting that they weren't able to really capture the moment or they left a lot out on the field. I feel like that's mm. very common. So kudos, I mean, kudos to you. Yeah. I, I actually reached out to quite a number of previous Olympians and uh, people that have been in that, that situation before. And I, and I picked their brain about what, what I need to do, what I need to prepare for, like what just as much information as I could going in so that I was best prepared. And I was aware that it was going to be unique. And one of the things that came up was like, don't, don't expect this to be easy. You may have had easy races to get here, but you, you're, they, they said, you're going to have to PR to make the final. 
Like no matter what, mm-hmm. you're you've got to have the race of your life in that semifinal. And and another thing was, yeah, just just soak it in. Enjoy it, but don't be don't be too grateful to be there because you belong there, you know, like just yeah. little things like that. And I think I handled it pretty well. Um yeah, given the circumstances, I I think I raced well. But yeah. What was it would have been the, nice to make that final. Yeah, yeah. What was the um thing that like uh was either culture shock or like the biggest um thing that you weren't expecting going into the Olympics race wise or you know Olympic village or otherwise Mm. um I think uh the awe factor um you know the the warm-up track was located about five minutes walk from the Olympic stadium and obviously everyone's pretty much using it and a thing that I, yeah, I probably underestimated was the awe factor of meeting these, these big athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I haven't been on the diamond league circuit. I haven't seen these guys before and I am a fan of the sport. So when I do see chariot or Ingebrigtsen <laughs> or yeah. even like Ollie Hoare and uh, those guys, yeah. it's like, I haven't, I haven't seen these guys warm up. So I'm, I'm fascinated in seeing what they're doing too. So yeah, I was a little bit too much of a tourist, I think at the start, um, you know, soaking it in too much, but uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing I would have taken back and maybe that, yeah, I don't know how I could have prepared for that, but, um, that was one thing I probably was a little underprepared for was like, just like being in awe of these guys. Like I remember I'd finished, I, I didn't make the final and I was like, okay, is what it is. What I want to do now is I want to prepare myself for the future world champs or the future mm-hmm. Olympics. And what that meant for me was, all right, go watch the, uh, the 1500 final and see how these guys warm up, get it out of your system. Yeah. So I did, I went to the warm up track and I was, I was just a tourist. I was just loving it. I was watching Jakob Ingebrigtsen with his entourage rock up and do his thing. <laughs> and I was watching Stewie McSween warm up over there in the dark. I was watching Josh Kerr sit in his chair. I was watching, I was watching everyone. <laughs> I was just getting it out of my system. I didn't want any surprises for the next time, you know? So and just, ima- just imagine in 2024, there's going to be like half the field is going to be new people and they're all going to be watching you and they're going to be like, what is this guy, Charlie Hunter? What's he doing? What's he doing in the warm up, man? I'm, I'm about to get rocked by him out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who, who, uh, when you're observing people warming up now, I'm now I'm just curious, like who, who runs, like, who do you notice, notice running like pretty fast for warm up or like pretty slow or like, was there anyone that did something like, like super weird? They're like, what the or, heck? Yeah, like, yeah. what is this? Oh, without a doubt, Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Without he runs really doubt. fast, right? Yeah. Uh, so I got a good story. Like I, I can break down his warm up to a T. Oh, was, let's hear it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It was sick. Uh, so you had the warm up track, but then you also had an air conditioned room, like a indoor soccer field. And that's where each country had their own like little warm up area. And the Norwegians had a treadmill in there. They were the only country to have a treadmill. <laughs> so they brought a treadmill in to do their warm up. And he, I'm outside and watching everyone warm up and he's like late. Everyone's like, I was looking to see where he was because there's nowhere else you can warm up. And he rocks up like 20 minutes later. So he must have done like a warm up in there on the treadmill. Oh, okay. And then he comes out and he legit has an entourage. He has like his coach. <laughs> He has the physio, the masseuse. I think Philip was there. And, um, you know, he comes out in basketball shorts, tatted up. He's bigger than I thought. Like, he looks like a linebacker. <laughs> he's running in lane eight, just like an absolute boss, just 
crushing. Like, I think he was running 345s, did a couple <laughs> laps and like does some stretches, whatever. And he just, I think he just like, he just like, every, he demands respect or like everyone just automatically looks to him. He's just got this like presence about him. Yeah. He did some like up-tempo thing and I think he cut it short. So his dad was stressed out. He kind of like went to go see what was happening. He finished it off shortly later and did some strides and put on an ice vest and went in. But like that, uh, for some reason, his was like stood out to me as like very unique. He was, he was just in control. He was in control. And, and, and so he should be, he's been doing this for since he was what, like 12, like yeah. he's been on this level for so long. So it, yeah. obviously it's not new to him. Yeah, I, I kind of gathered that that would be the case. But I, I've watched all the the Ingebrigtsen whatever the mm. meet the meet the Kardashians, but the Ingebrigtsen version. I've watched all of those <laughs> with subtitles, and yeah, he's always got his whole squad around him at meets, and he just like the relationship he has with his dad. It's like yeah, everything is like so down to a science, like tactical. Like if anything's off, it's like weird or whatever, but mm. yeah, I mean, ultimately I don't know if he's ever really had a bad race to be honest. So whatever he's doing Fair is working point. and he's very, he has his schedule down and clearly it's uh gets him to be the same level of ready for every single race. So mm. some science to that. Yeah. <laughs> you got uh you want to do closing questions? Yeah. Let's do a couple closing one or, questions. One, or two, um, um, one that I know questions. off the top of my head that someone asked was, uh, will you, do you see yourself sticking to the 800 in the coming years or um, do you see yourself being a 1500 guy come 2024 Olympics specifically? I, I keep getting asked that. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I, everyone wants to know cause you, <laughs> you've been killing it in the 800, but I, I think you've said before, like you see yourself more as a miler and you're more like you train a little bit more strength based and all that. So mm. I guess, I don't know the people got to know. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see how we go. Like um, I definitely think I have a lot of potential there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to try more with it, uh, and just see how we go. The, the end goal for me is to be competitive in whatever event I feel is best for me. Mm -hmm. And if that's the eight, that's the eight, it's the 15, it's 15, but I will say the 15 is very tough at the moment. Um, it's tough right. when you got Stuart McSween leading pretty much every race in three thirty. it's, it's hard to compete with that. And <laughs> right. although right. I do have strength, I don't think I have that type of strength. So, um, we'll see whatever's best for me. Yeah, we'll see how the, the season unfolds. I am opening up with a 15 next week, so we'll see how that goes. For sure. Favorite Aussie beer? It's got to be Foster's. No. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. No, no, no I, I'm not a big beer drinker, but I'd I'd say BB, I guess. Yeah, BB. Okay, okay. Sure. Um, this, this, okay, whatever, we'll ask it. Tony Kankles wants to know, what's a hypotenuse? What's a hypotenuse? Yeah. Interesting like, question. In geometry? I, I, I guess so. <laughs> like there's no context for this question. It's literally just what's a hypotenuse. So it's so, whatever you want it to be. Seems like he's tricking me. <laughs> it, yeah, it seems like a trick question. He's trying to set it me might, up to fail. <laughs> honestly, if, it, if it's a trick question, I don't know what the trick is because that's all I can think of is the yeah triangle side. But I, I don't know. I was going to say that, but. One one uh, question. <laughs> one question I have uh, is what what is the relationship like between somebody who ostensibly is is pretty serious um, in in that of Donovan and Craig, who is, in my opinion, quite quite the opposite. 
Sorry, what was the question? Sorry. What's the relationship between the two? Like, what's their dynamic like? I think uh, Craig just annoys Donovan. That's <laughs> that's like, that's what like I was a little expecting. brother. Like, yeah. just annoys him, annoys him, annoys him. It's funny. Like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> two very different athletes, both yeah. on, on and off the track. But that's it's so funny to be around. They're just like, Craig is just yapping all the time. And <laughs> Donovan's like, me, just like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, coming to the U.S., what was the weirdest uh, like cultural norm or slang or something that we do here that you were just like, what is wrong with these people? Um, probably the lack of, uh, what would you say? Um, no, no, I'd say like the slang for sure. Like that's definitely like an American like teen thing, like saying lit. Or like, oh God, like there's like little oh, like yes. slang things that I didn't, it took me a while to catch on to. And now I'm definitely like, I've incorporated it into the way I talk, which everyone hates back home. Like my yeah, girlfriend man. hates it when I say some of those words. <laughs> but yeah, like little things like that probably. Yeah. Um, words of wisdom. Yeah. Do you have anything to leave the listeners with? Most of the other questions we already answered that people wanted to, people wanted to know about the name of the the club and UAC, all, yeah. yeah, all that good stuff. Mm. So you already hit it all. So yeah. Do you have any, anything you want to plug anything to leave our listeners with any, uh, ad- life advice, yeah, financial uh, advice? Geez, okay. Uh, just, I think I always appreciated running tips. I always, it's such a tough sport and there's so much inconsistency with what works for who. And, uh, yeah, it's a tough sport and it's always hard to give advice based on that. But, I feel like I've been through it and I've, I've found what works pretty well with me. So anything that helps with me, I, I hope can help others, but uh, something I would have appreciated would be, um, I'm not going to say trust the process, but I'll, I'd say, you know, find what works. Uh, sorry, I'll put it a different way. I think you just got to roll with it. You got to find, you got to surround yourself with people that are like-minded I think you've got to enjoy what you do as cliche as it sounds, but you, you really do have to enjoy it. And by, by just surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are working hard and, and want to achieve what you want to achieve, you're going to find out what works best for you. And it's, it might not be the same as what works for your training partners. And it might be running a bit easier on easy days or really crushing it on workout days or doing strides or hitting so-and-so mileage. It's really, there's no specific science to what makes me run quick or Donovan run quick, but you've just got to do, it's trial and error. So surround yourself with people you like, and it's going to make the training go easier. And if you stick with it and you've got a bit of talent, you'll go somewhere. So that's probably my best advice. I like that. That's That's excellent advice coming from someone who is always like, what, what's the workout that you would recommend? Or, <laughs> I mean, that like, give me, what was that one workout that you did? It's like, no, yeah. it's not, it's, it's way right. more than one workout. Right. It's right. a lifestyle. Yeah. It's everything else. So yeah, I mm-hmm. think, I think that about sums up your, uh, you joining UAC as well. I feel like that is, is really hits that on the head. It does. Joining like-minded Absolutely. people. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. It was, thanks. it was an yeah. absolute blast. 
Yeah. And enjoy yeah, the is. enjoy the sun out and uh slow. I'm we're obviously yeah, very seriously, jealous. Keep 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 uh throwing up some insta photos, whatever. We'll live live vicariously for you because <laughs> we're we got the snow, we got the cold. So uh yeah, yeah. Please uh please keep us posted. Uh keep us in your thoughts as you're posting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we'll be rooting we'll be rooting for you this season. We're excited, excited to see where things go. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, appreciate you having me, guys. And there was Chuz, Chaz, Chuck, Charles, Chuz. Charlie the Third there from Hunter. Chuz. No, he's not the third. I just made that up. It's a good addition, though. Yeah, there, there's our guy, Charlie Hunter. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Betting big on him to do big things. He's fun. It is. His uh, career has definitely just been one of like a very long, linear progression. He hasn't, yeah. got, he hasn't gotten Dogecoin. He hasn't gotten Bitcoin. He didn't Dogecoin. I mean, can anyone Dogecoin unless they're on EPO? Yeah, actually, fair, fair enough. <laughs> you, can't, you can't Dogecoin unless you're taking some substances. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, God. Even Shelby Houlihan didn't Dogecoin, you know? Yeah, I mean, hers is... She just, like, Bitcoined. She didn't Dogecoin. Maybe, or maybe she... No, she, well, did, she, just, is... um, she just Tesla stocked. That's fair. <laughs> depending on yeah i mean that's kind of fair (laughs) yep well charlie did recommend uh did recommend ethereum and bitcoin on this uh podcast or no he didn't no he didn't uh i'm trying to i wish i wish we had a uh a crypto that i was like a part of the ponzi scheme so then i could you know plug it that's that's beer coin yeah Wait, yeah later, yeah, later. Beer coin, beer coin. <laughs> i need to have a i need to have something that i am part like at the top of the ponzi scheme so that yeah, way i could yeah. like you know subtly you subtly it. give yeah. financial advice without yeah. giving financial advice yeah we'll get there someday yeah all right dry january day number 10 Dude. that's why we don't have a beer review again in this outro um well at the time we're recording this day 10 at the time this is coming out it's probably like day almost the end of the month we'll do but... this um weed pen review <laughs> sure give us the weed pen it's review pretty, uh, i can't because i i didn't uh... that's true it's illegal for most of these people well i didn't well, grab... i don't know it depends on where they live yeah i didn't grab the name off the receipt you know how they always have like stupid ass names oh i'll show you the, the strings you know, messed, messed you know what that yeah, means now. I mess that up. You know what that means. People give me shit. You know what that man. means. You know what? Uh, what was the other young word we taught you today? Kraken. Crack. Um, you know, crack. Cracked. Crack. Kraken is I know your what other. Kraken. Fa- that's your favorite one. That's that's the English one. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, we, we weed pen's good. I mean, good. Good to hear. Good. Mango. Um, this the, is the, the Nyquil f- was good last night. <laughs> I think this is the first. Um, this is my first indulgence this year. So. Wow. Wow. 10 days, no substances, still going pretty strong on booze. So then the next 10 days, he just adds in one substance. And then the next and 10 days, there's two to, substances. And then I'm back the up to 10 days, there's three substances. <laughs> you know, you got to reintroduce the body slowly. <laughs> ne- well, next, how about next? You can just add in sugar with sugar cereal and then, Ooh. you know, sugar cereal. That's okay. Actually, dude, I haven't had cereal in a really long time. That's kind of sad. All right. Well, damn. I wish we would have. Uh, we should have done a cereal review. I was gonna Fuck. say. I, I I wish I had a box of something. We we could have and we could have eaten some with Fuck. him. And, uh, okay. So here here's the idea. Next time we do Charlie in person, we're gonna buy a couple different Absolutely. boxes of cereal and hope Bl- that he hasn't ooh, tried them. Blind, we'll do or blind taste tests. That the would ones work we too. Know we've tried. That works too. Yeah. That so we, we we do a a real live taste test with him on some of them and get his we should, opinion. Oh, we should do that again with beer. That one time we did it was that really was really good. fun. Yeah, I like that. I'll, too. I'll probably br- I might have to break dry January because I'll be at a ton of breweries next weekend. 
Oh, well, wait, this weekend or next weekend? This like this coming weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so by the time you're listening to this podcast, listeners, uh, Adam already broke Jack Dry <laughs> January at the breweries. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, you'll find out next episode. If, if the breweries would just start carrying Athletic Brewing, it'd be honestly all easy that would money. be really nice. Yeah. Athletic Brewing, click the link in the description and use code CRobertson20 for 20% off. Hell yeah. And if you cl- and if you click the link in the description specifically, Adam and I get a kickback because it's a referral link. Gang, gang. It's an affiliate link. And yeah, also, yeah, if you're going to ever buy Athletic Brewing beer, click through from beermile.com, the ad at the top. Because oh, we, yeah. get, we get money yeah, for that. Yeah, please so do that. Support the show. Yeah. And uh, any other financial advice? Um, buy Ethereum. Didn't it? Didn't go invest in patreon.com slash beer mile. It's going to Dogecoin. Invest in, yeah, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Or, well, at the time of this recording, again, it depends who the fuck It might be an all time high by the time you're listening to this. But as of right now, you know, maybe maybe a good buying opportunity. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe you could wait and it'll have again in the next uh, couple months. You know, who knows? Uh, Invest in Spotify five star reviews. Yeah. Invest in Athletic Brewing, invest in Manscaped, invest in yourself, invest in... These nuts. That's it for us. We're going to go make another How Many Beers uh, episode really quick, and we will... It'll probably be out already, so uh, yeah, see you later. So, you like yeah, so, bye. <laughs>